You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. And joining me on today's episode of the British Baseball Podcast, I'm delighted to have alongside me the newest addition to the British Baseball Podcast. It's Mariana Cassell. Mariana, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, let's talk us through um, your journey through baseball. And well, let's start off with a bit of non-baseball related talk to start with. Um, who is Mariana Cassell? Who am I? I am... I guess everyone knows I have an older brother. Um, he was kind of the the one who was in baseball first. I was kind of just the sister watching. Um, I have two very, very loving, supporting and present parents. They're every single game somehow. They're everything that my brother does and everything that I do. They somehow like split themselves in two. They're really good. Um, I have always been pretty talkative and loud and um and active and um in terms of baseball I oh and I'm a journalism student that's probably important to say uh I have my final year left for my bachelor's which is just general journalism and then I'm planning on doing a sport journalism master's straight after uh not completely sure where yet but I definitely want to do that and then go into sport journalism which will be fun um in terms of baseball so I was kind of born into it my dad was playing when I was really little and um you know he's Venezuelan so he grew up with the sport you know anyway and um then he helped open the Hearts Little League um and my brother played in that so I was just there every weekend watching I probably wasn't actually watching the baseball, but I really loved the atmosphere and there were so many people around and all the parents loved me. You know, I was just a little girl getting all the attention. So that was pretty fun. I always wanted to help behind the concession stand, uh, but they didn't really trust me. The moms didn't really trust me. So they got me to go so I would just like wear this hat and this apron and I would just go around to all these hundreds of parents going um you know bye Christmas Christmas and then there was a microphone all the time and I would get the microphone and I would just start either singing or beatboxing or um just saying come get Christmas Christmas you know uh it was fun it was always really fun but I never really saw it as something for girls I kind of just saw it as oh, this is my brother and dad's thing and um, I'll just be the supportive sister and daughter and watch. Um, and I had my own things going on anyway. I danced a lot and I did um, performing arts. I was doing you know, musicals and theatre and things like that. So that was my thing. Um, and then I always, maybe on like home run derby days or um, or just like fun days, I would join in and uh, my dad and brother would always make sure I was doing things right, you know, like, oh, hit like this and throw like this. Um, but when I was at, I didn't really like getting told what to do, particularly by my parents. So I didn't join in that much. It was kind of just like, I would do it until it wasn't fun anymore. Um, and then when I was maybe 13, I went on a tournament with my brother um and you know to watch him and I started throwing with uh, one of his teammates and uh Laura Harai um you must know her or maybe not but you know she's 
big in baseball and she that she's in America now playing softball yeah, yeah. and she uh she said to me why aren't you playing and I went um I don't know I kind of don't really want to play with a bunch of guys like I don't think you know I'll get to a point and then I'll have to stop um because they'll all get like you know big and strong and uh, I didn't really see that for me so she said oh come to softball so I went to softball um and I decided I wanted to get serious about it um so I said to my brother and dad okay I'm ready for you guys to actually push me and teach me proper you know gameplay so I remember they said okay but you can't complain like we're gonna go train but you have to listen to us and I was like yeah 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 for sure sure and we went uh, down to the field and oh it was so tough they made me cry <laughs> um and uh, but yeah they um they trained me a lot and then I was playing softball for quite a while and then I played for GB when uh when I was 15 that was for the under 19 so I kind of went as a development player to Spain um and then I started playing a bit with this Spanish team. I have an uncle in Valencia, so I would travel a lot um, and go play for a team over there. Uh, and then lockdown happened and I I didn't throw a ball for all of lockdown. I kind of just forgot about all of that. I kind of was just not really doing much. And then I didn't know what everything that happened this year was going to happen. It wasn't really a plan I was going to play this season. But then at the beginning of the year, I found out about Women's League and Women's GB. And I was suddenly like, okay, well, I, had, I need to be involved in all this. So I suddenly started to throw a ball again. I was going hard at training and I ended up getting so injured all over the place. Um, and um, But I'm really glad that all of this happened because I don't really know if I would be playing and training as much as I am now. Um, if I didn't get that kind of push with all the women's stuff. Um, so yeah, so I'm playing right now with Mets Mayhem. Uh, they're they're a great team. We have a lot of fun, um, and a few of us, maybe four of us, we train on Wednesdays with the Capitals, and then we also have a women's training. Uh, we used to do it Friday morning, I mean Saturday mornings, but now we do it Friday evenings. So that's good, and um, and we've got our last game before the playoffs next Saturday at London. Yeah. So, you know, whoever's around, come watch. Um, that will be really, really fun. And we're top of the league. Um, we, I think first two weeks, I didn't play because I had a sprained thumb, but first two women's league weeks, uh, we were second. And then third week, uh, we went to the top of the, the board and that's where we're at now. So that's exciting. Um, and then in terms of uh, Sunday league, I started with Hearts. Um, it was at the Heart Spring League that Chris came to me and was chatting about, oh, what's your plans um, for this season? I said, I didn't know. I was talking to AA teams and AAA teams to see what to do because I just wanted gameplay. Um, and he said, no, like come to come to Hearts MBL and play as uh, the second baseman. And like, I've been seeing you for enough time to know that you know, you're capable of it. And obviously that was super exciting. Um, I wasn't going to turn that down. Uh, and plus my my brother was in the team and I'd never been able to play in a team with him. So I thought that was really, really cool. I always saw him as so much 
better than me, which he is, he is obviously better than me, but um, I always saw him as so kind of far off me that we would, you know, never be in the same place, but it was really, really fun to play with him. Um, and he was, he's very, he's very supportive of me and he would push me and make me feel really good about the good things that I did. So, so yeah, that was really nice. And obviously my dad was at that point involved with the team as well. Um, all three of us are not involved with the team anymore, but uh, I mean, my brother got a job up north and, um, and yeah, so then I did decide to transfer late in the season. It was maybe two weeks ago. Um, and, you know, we, we, Hearts was losing by Sorter every weekend. And, um, and there was a lot of maybe politics that were complicated. And um, I just decided the best thing for me was to go somewhere where I could be competitive, even if I wasn't, you know, on the starting lineup or anything. Yeah. Um, and um, I, it happened the reason I went to Essex Redbacks was because um, you know Richard Chesterton he was yeah. pretty much the beginning of the season every Sunday um, asking me how it went uh, you know what I was able to do how I felt um, he's always been really really supportive of me and my brother um, you know even though I was always the sister on the sidelines he would always get me involved a little bit and yeah. um uh, so yeah, he's um, he's really great with us, and uh, he would always text me seeing how it went. And obviously, at the very beginning, I was super super excited just to be able to be in the NBL, which I'd been watching for so many years, and um, and I was happy with you know how I was developing um, and all the improvements that I was that I was having. Uh, but then it started to get to a point where I was saying to him, oh, you know, this happened this weekend and I'm feeling like this. He's like, oh, that sucks, you know, uh, especially as your first year in it. And um, and then I got to a point where I was like, I, I'm considering some sort of transfer. And that was such a stressful decision. And there were so many sit downs I had with my parents about whether it was the right decision or not, because, you know, I didn't want to seem like someone who was giving up. Um, but it was it was something I had to do. We really, really weighed out the the pros and cons. But yeah, uh, I am happy with the decision. And anyway, it got to a point uh, where he said, "Why don't you come and to a training session with us and see how you feel with us?" And at that same week, I also got um, another text from a different AAA team um, asking me if I wanted to go play with them. Um, and I again, I had to weigh out the two teams, um, and I really ended up making the decision. Um, mainly because of distance um, but yeah they're a great group of guys they um, they're nice to me they um, they're you know happy with me and trainings are really great with them um, I think I prove myself quite a lot in training but it is an awkward time to go to a new team because you know they're already established with yeah. their first players and everything and they don't really know me and I'm having to really prove myself and I feel there's way more pressure now for me in this team than there was with NBL because that was kind of like oh we're inviting you to be our player whereas this one it's like okay I need to prove to you that I can be um so yeah that's um that's where everything's at now and then uh GB tryouts are tomorrow which is super exciting I'm excited yeah. to do that yeah and um that's where everything's at right now Awesome. How hard was it for you to settle in then with a new team partway for the season? Did, did you see that competition and that 
chance to prove yourself as something that would light a fire under you or, or was it more of a welcoming environment? Um, they were welcoming in terms of me as a person, um, but I've only played one game with them. Um, and so, you know, they've already got their established teams. They're not just going to suddenly, you know, put me in for, for a long time. Uh, I feel pressure to, to prove myself. Um, and the first game I played, I was so nervous. I was more nervous than my first day in NBL. Like, sure, I was really nervous with that, but it was more kind of exciting. Whereas this one, the first game I played with them, I was shaking. I did do a hit, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was I was at third at one point. They finally put me in the second game um, and a ball was coming to me. And I was like, this is such an easy one. I mean, it was like bouncing. And I knew I had to attack it for the yeah. for the court hop because I knew if not, but I just stood there shaking. Oh, it was awful. I was shaking so much. And my dad kept shouting, like, don't be so nervous. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, I was really, really nervous. Uh, but I, um, in terms of training, they're super, yeah, they are super welcoming as people, you know. Um, and it's good because it's really competitive and um, they have a chance of, of getting um, potentially to the playoffs, which wasn't my reasoning for joining them, but just in in the league, you know, you don't know whether you're going to win or lose, which yeah. it, because before, yeah, I felt the pressure to do things well because I didn't want to, you know, obviously you want to play well, but with this, it's not only that I want to play well, but I know that if I do something wrong um, or let's say I don't hit much, it could be the difference between win or lose. So it's yeah. that extra pressure that I think is going to make me better. Whereas before it was kind of like another training session. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. So what are you doing in training then to make you stand out from the others? What, how's your approach to training? Um, I'm kind of just trying to look confident uh, I'm trying to be smooth with the things that I do um, and not think so much, which is tough for me. When I when I think a lot, I tend to do things differently to when I'm not. I tend to be a lot smoother when I'm kind of confident and happy about things. So uh, I'm trying to, yeah, and I guess I'm also trying to be serious um, because, you know, I... I really like to socialize. I like to, um, you know, to talk with people and laugh with people, but I'm really at a point now where I want to be, um, to be mature and serious about things and, um, and yeah, and, and show that I'm, that I've got enough experience to play well, rather than just like, oh, you know, I'm new and, and I, I need loads of help and I need people to be telling me all this stuff. Um, and I'm also really, enjoying the fact that I'm playing with people with experience because they, um, I'm trying to show that I can can take criticism, that I can um, listen to advice and I can implement that advice into, you know, the, the next, let's say they've said something about the way that I take ground ball, you know, the next ground ball, I'll really emphasize what, uh, you know, the, um, the advice that I've been given 
and um, really show like, oh, you know, I've listened to you and uh, here I'm improving. And with pitching, I mean, I I wanted to, I'm going to be a catcher and in, um, in off season, I'm going to work a lot on that, but because of a sprained thumb, I haven't been catching. So as well as infield, I've been working on some pitching, especially because in women's league, that's helping a lot because um, I think in comparison to a lot of women, I have a strong arm. I can throw pretty hard. So I've been working on pitching a bit and at training, I'm doing pitching. And obviously Richard um, is a is a pitcher. Uh, so he's been helping me a lot with all these little things and sending me videos and things like that. So I'm really kind of trying to show that I'm listening, you know. Definitely. So what is it about playing catch then? Is that just sort of an, uh, a position that you identified as um, like a, a need or something? Or, or is it just look like the most fun thing? Um, well, I've always enjoyed being all over the field. I've always been quite a utility player. Um, but when I first ever did catching, um, I was probably, I think I was 18 before I might actually probably caught uh, it was actually at this MLB thing. Um, it was the maybe one or two weeks before the MLB London series. Uh, there was this MLB youth camp thing at Farnham, which I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't part of that, but I was there on the weekend uh, that just before it started for um, watching my brother do something. I think he was doing a GB thing. Uh, and there was a little coaches summit thing going on and I just thought I'd go and sit there uh, because there were some people I knew so I sat there um, and I listened and then I was talking to Zach Grafser after this coach that used to be here who now works with MLB um, and he said to me oh uh, why don't you we did this little catching thing as coaches they just got us down I was like you know you do this and you do this and I, I got down I was doing it and he asked me to uh to show something he was like oh I need I need you to show everyone something so I did it and then afterwards he, he said um oh you're a good catcher and I was like I've never caught in my life and he said oh well um you should uh so come to the uh, this camp that we've got all week uh it's every day uh for the whole day you should come and we'll work on catching all week uh, so I did that I went to Farnham every day and I was working on catching with him and Will Linton and um, I just realized that it just kind of felt right for me. And um, I didn't realize how fun it was to see the whole field from there. It was just very new and very exciting. And obviously being told that you're good at something kind of motivates you to do it more. Um, so yeah, it's, it, that's pretty much how it went. Uh, I haven't really had a proper game catching. I've just done a lot of training with it and once in Spain I did catch a game and um yeah that was good there, there wasn't much that I actually had to do like no one was stealing so I didn't really do throwdowns or things like that but um yeah it just feels good uh, I love all the other positions but it just uh I feel confident behind the plate so yeah that's cool I'd love to get a go but I'm 40 year old with the knees of a 70 year old so it's pretty much <laughs> drawing a line through that one yeah yeah, it's, I think it's when you hear certain players talk about certain positions. For, for me, it was early on in the podcast's career, you can call it that, uh, chatting with Will Linton. And at the end of it, I was like looking at catcher gear on eBay and I was like, I've got to be a catcher. Will, he, he just sold it. I was just like, this sounds like such a cool position. And for just messing around as a kid, I would normally be the, the catcher there because I just 
like doing the signals and the calling and stuff, even though I didn't know what it all meant. It was just fun. Um, you mentioned as well before about playing with your brother. How what was it a lot of fun or did, was how how did it work out playing with because like me and my sister get we get on quite well, but you know, we used to to clash a bit as kids. Do you have like a bit of a rivalry on on the field or do you help push each other and motivate each other? Yeah, the motivation thing. I mean, me and my brother never really clash. Um, obviously, when we were little, we fought all the time. Uh, yeah. Kids, siblings do. Um, but no, we're really great with each other. And he um, he's really, really supportive. And he's someone who doesn't really get frustrated, or at least he doesn't show it when, when people do things wrong. Like, he's very good at lifting people um and um I guess since he's confident on the field um uh, particularly in that team where he was kind of the top player um and yeah I think he felt like his job for me was to to support me and um and just be there as a as a big brother um and obviously he knew that I saw him as this super cool guy on the field. So yeah, uh, all was really good. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm sad as though it, it was really for a short time because he's got a job like four hours away now. Uh, but it was really, really fun while it lasted. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Absolutely. Um, it seems like you, you do a lot of, of, of baseball now. Just how important is baseball to you? Um. The thing is, I'm just, I'm someone who, once I start something, I go all out. Um, I won't just do something for fun. And, um, you know, even though it is fun, I don't just do it as a hobby. I'll really go for it. And um, I guess I've just been around baseball for my whole life that I just don't want to let go of it until I have to. Um, and... Yeah, I guess I'd been around it for so long and now I play it. And it's, it's just simply so enjoyable. I mean, I had so much fun playing softball. Softball is great. But for me, baseball was always the thing I wanted to do. And I guess now that there's the opportunities that there are for women, um, I just felt like I had to. And I feel like I have to now, especially as um, one of the women with the most experience in this country. I feel like it's kind of a duty and in women's league it's lovely I mean some girls with um not too much experience will maybe come and ask me a question or I'll hear someone going oh look how hard she throws or something like that and it makes me feel so good and it makes me feel like um I can be kind of a leader in some way and um and you know you can't I can't turn that down I can't turn down being a leader awesome do you remember where you were then when you heard about the, the women's national team being announced and what were your feelings when you, you found out there was there's a, something extra to play for? Yeah, I um, it was actually the beginning of this year, I think. I think it was January. Um, I think it was just when I was moving back to London. Uh, I had stayed with my parents through most of lockdown. Uh, and I was just moving back to London. I don't know how it came up. I think I saw it on Facebook. Uh, and I was like, no, there's no way. So I started looking at that. And then that's when I emailed Amanda asking um, for more kind of details about it. And 
I was going through a really tough time at that point. I was super down. I was super unmotivated for things. And, and suddenly I just got this spark back. Um, and, um, it kind of gave me something to, to push through again. And it made me start kind of treating myself properly again and, um, and getting excited about something. I definitely was too excited at the beginning. Like I went a bit crazy, but, um, but yeah, it kind of just was something that kick-started me again um, and got me, um, you know, being active again. I mean, I've, I've always been pretty active. I don't really like sitting still for very long, but still it gave me kind of, uh, yeah, a, a push to, to start really working on something again. And um, it, it helped me with the other parts of my life as well. You know, um, my grades at school have always been good. Um, and at uni, I've, you know, I've always had uh, good grades, but in second year, when lockdown happened, kind of, you know, your motivation drops, you're not going into classes all over Zoom. So I, I wasn't really trying that hard. I ended up uh, finishing this year with, a, I think, a 2-1, which I, I know is still good, but like, I wasn't really trying very hard. And, um, and it kind of kickstarted me to try hard with everything again and really sort myself out. So so yeah it was uh, it came at a really good time for me Brilliant. um tell us a bit about the journalism then why, why did you want to become a sports journalist um uh well i journalism in general i mean even if i wasn't a sports journalist i would still want to be a journalist um just you know in any area i think i am someone who likes to talk i love um hearing about other people i love the people's stories um I've always really loved to write as well um uh, I still haven't figured out if my end goal would be you know broadcast or writing but you know journalism is one of the things where you end up working in so many different things and you work your way to a point where you may have not even imagined um in terms of sport I've always loved sport you know I'll I'll watch any sport with my family um and enjoy it uh, just the competition and um and the athleticism the sportsmanship all of it I think it's really really interesting uh, I actually thought once about being a sports psychologist because I went to a seminar years ago I think it was either 2016 or 2017 which isn't actually that long ago but still it was it feels like long ago I went to this seminar uh, from this sports psychologist Brian Kane and everything he was saying and the way he was motivating everyone, I thought it was so, so interesting. Uh, and I said, I went home and I was like, I'm going to do that. And um, that's what I was thinking. And then, um, but then, yeah, I got to A-levels and I really started to think more about it. And then I don't know why I'd never thought of being a journalist. I was looking through careers uh, and doing all these like personality tests and things like that. And I saw journalism. It was just like, Boom, I was like, how did I not think about this before? And I went to my parents and I said, um, sports journalist. Oh, I mean, just journalist. I just said journalist. And they were like, oh my goodness, how did we not think of this before? Of course you're going to be a journalist. Um, and plus, I'm also someone who gets bored of the same thing. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine myself sitting there and doing the exact same thing every day. Whereas this, every story is going to be different and I'll be doing research on on completely different things talking to different people meeting people and the amount of contacts you make as a journalist is so exciting um and uh yeah and 
sports is such a big part of my life. So I thought that made sense. Uh, but the reason I didn't do a sports journalism bachelor's is because I didn't want to limit myself. I wanted to kind of have a, an open mind to what I could go into. I was thinking maybe humanitarian um, things because of, you know, everything going on in Venezuela. I thought that could, you know, be personal to me. Yeah, yeah. But then I went, I was working at the MLB London series um, and I saw, I there on the field I was one of the field crew so I got to kind of water the field and I got to practice putting the top it was so fun that was one of the best weeks ever but um I was like right there you know close to all the all the players and I saw the sports journalists come on and start interviewing people and they're talking on camera and they just looked so cool um and I so imagined myself I'd already um I was already about to start university in like two months after that. So I was already set on doing general journalism, um, which was good. I'm glad I did that because it got me to explore the other sides and really realize, yeah, sport is what I want to go into for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it was the MLB London series that really kind of made my mind up. Yeah. How did you get involved then with the on-field stuff with, MLB London series it was really random actually I um I didn't sign up for it there was an option to sign up and I think most people did but that week that I was doing that catching thing at Farnham yeah. um I forgot who it was that came up to me but someone who was sorting it all out um came to me and said um do you want to work at the London series? And I was like, obviously, yeah. And that's that's literally how it went. And then he just sent me a, something I had to fill out. And that was that. And it was the same for my brother, I think. Um, so I think he also just got asked at the last minute. And we ended up working together that week. So um, we stayed at my cousin's house in London because um, my parents live in Hampton. Uh, and it was just a long drive every morning. You had to be there at about six in the morning, something like that. Uh, and we'd leave at like midnight. It was long days. Um, but yeah, we stayed at my uh, cousin's house on this inflatable mattress on the floor. Um, and we'd get up at five and we'd, you know, go on the tube together to the to the series and we'd play catch while we were there. And um, everyone kind of had their own little friendship group. So me and him... Uh, and a couple other guys were like in this little group. And that was a really nice time, um, a nice bonding session, I guess. He was he was at uni, so uh, he had um, come home for the summer, obviously. And um, that was a nice time. Because we were already obviously having so much fun being at the field, uh, but we kind of got to do it together as siblings. So that was that was fun. That's great. Um, back to your journalism, if you can touch on something as well. Have you written anything that people can read so far to see examples of your work? Or are you saving it all until you until you've uh, graduated so the things that I wrote for university I don't really want to publish I just don't think they're good enough um but there are two stories I really really love my favorite favorite thing that I've ever written is about my parents migration um I you know I've my parents are storytellers particularly my dad so I'd already heard all the little stories but never everything all in one go so I um I was living here and I zoomed them and I said okay everyone just grab grab a glass of wine or we're gonna chat and I um I said tell me the whole entire story from um 
from when you kind of decided to move and uh, you know your marriage and my mum getting pregnant and um and how it was when they got here and then having me and my brother and it was I think a five or six hour call and uh, then I it was nighttime at this point and then I just sat there and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote um until god knows what time in the morning and um that was my favorite thing ever to write because it was super personal and emotional i got so it's just so beautiful and um but then i've also written something about the whole women's league and uh women gb and how that started so i wrote about you know doris and um and the other coaches and then a little bit about kind of my experience with baseball um, so those are my two favorites but actually um, right now it's Friday so I haven't but I think by the time this um, everyone listens to this I will have published my podcast so I'm starting a podcast um, and it's about it's called woke up a boss and it's about kind of owning who you are yeah. um, overcoming um, kind of obstacles to just be and um, I'm going to talk to athletes and things like that and I think it'll be quite interesting so you can uh, that will be on Instagram right now I have a Mariana Casal media where I just uh, put up journalism things that I do but I'm going to switch that count to woke up a boss and then it will be all kind of that brand um, which I'm actually going to do after this Um, I've already done the intro episode and it's published I just need to tell people about it um but yeah so that's that and then in October I'll be going back to university for third year and I'm set on doing a lot more um things surrounding sport and at that point I will be publishing everything on my website I have a website it's just mariannacassell.com where I put everything that I do um, and I still need to kind of update my about page, just do like a bit about me. And it's good because not only can people kind of follow what I do, but it's also great for employers uh, because, you know, as well as my CV, I can just say, oh, here's my website. Look at everything I've done. So yeah. it's my portfolio, which um, I was planning on building up this summer, but I ended up having a really full on full time job. Um So I haven't really had that much time to do all the things I want to do. And um, I also may have a bit of things coming up with GB in terms of journalism stuff. Me and Drew are kind of in the talks of um, of doing some some social things, some communication things for for that. So that could be like an extra little job that I get around sport, which should be nice. Brilliant. So you said then that you, your new pod is going to be about overcoming stuff with like athletes. Have you ever uh, had to overcome any difficulties or, or anything like that to to either play or just just in life that, that's made you want to do this podcast yeah in the intro I actually explain um what particularly made me start I guess it was you know loads of things particularly in lockdown of like not treating myself that well of um kind of being insecure about about things that kind of about thinking too much about what others are thinking of thinking about me and um you know yeah in insecurities that are silly maybe um you know body image and things like that um that 
I guess when you're in lockdown and you're thinking too much, they all kind of start to build up and, and I guess pressure um, and loads of little things like that. I won't go too much into it because in the podcast, I will end up talking a lot more about it. Um, But yeah, uh, just little, it's mainly about worrying about what other people think. And there's a lot about um, what's it called? Imposter syndrome. I mean, especially when you start going into a sport at kind of a higher level, imposter syndrome goes insane. Like you go. Yeah, I can attest to that. Did I even be here? So, so yeah, I, um, and then it it got to a point where I kind of, um, it was just all a lot. Like obviously in lockdown, um, I was doing nothing except, you know, some university work. And then it was just me and my thoughts. Um, So when suddenly everything started, and it was all so at once, it was the full-time job and it was, um, and I'm I'm a nanny for a one and four-year-old, so it's really full on. And um, it's about 48 hours a week of just me looking after them. So it's like really intense. And and obviously I I needed to grow up really quickly the job I love it I love the kids um but it had to teach me so much so quickly and I had to kind of grow up and be more responsible and um and then there was all the training and there was everything on social media about me um which obviously when you're on social media and people are talking about you it puts like an extra added level of pressure and um yeah just so much was going on all of a sudden that I stopped being as confident as I used to be and I started questioning so many little things um and then it came to a point where I just said okay like this is enough like I need to pull myself together and I need to own who I am the way I used to when I was younger I was so out there and confident I didn't care what people thought and I said I need to get back to that because that's when I was happy so I started really kind of facing some things and um kind of analyzing things about my life kind of opening up a bit more to people and I just realized you know maybe I just need to fake it till I make it at the moment and just get back to that feeling that I used to have about myself um and I want others to think the same you know I want you to be able to you know strut in front of everyone and just not care and feel good and feel confident and feel you know like a like a boss like I really like that word that's why I really want to want the boss thing to you know you just being a boss of everything you do being dominant um so yeah I thought it could be a really good way to help other people who I'm sure um particularly after lockdown are feeling the same yeah well I'll be subscribing I can tell you that like a lot of your stuff you said then um I think a lot of people especially for lockdown can can um associate themselves with it's very like it's interesting mentioning about the imposter syndrome that's, that's something I, I definitely get a lot of from doing this especially doing this like some of the people I've spoken to and uh, like the hall of famers and stuff and I, I used to work in a five-star hotel and I very rarely got starstruck and as soon as I'm meeting all these legends and heroes of British baseball and I just go to bits and it takes my like, ages to settle into the conversation and then partway through i'd be like oh my god i'm speaking to insert guest name here and i'll be all like oh i hope they don't think i'm a nerd and then i just go to pieces and then it's that internal battle of what are you doing you know it's it's bonkers yeah so i make sure i put a link 
to your podcast within the show notes too. And I hope your listeners will support Mariana as well and uh, and subscribe also. Uh, I think that's pretty much us coming to to the end of of the the show. Um, this has been a brilliant conversation. Uh, loved every minute of it. Uh, so thank you for for coming on. Um, so let's get down to these last three questions. Mariana Cassell in the uh, bottom of the seventh with these three questions. Depending on how answer these, are going to be strikes or hits. So let's see if we can get his base loaded and walk him off at the end. So do you have any hidden talents? Well, I'm not sure if it's hidden because I have a little bit on my Instagram highlights, but I sing a lot. Um, definitely not a secret to my neighbours. They definitely, definitely hear every. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I sing. You mentioned beatboxing as a kid. <laughs> no, I didn't actually beatbox. Like I would grab the microphone and be like, pooch, pooch, pooch. Oh, right. right. I, I just thought I was going to get a really great soundbite <laughs> from you if you just, no, no boots and cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number two, what are you most afraid of? Good question. I was actually thinking about this before the podcast. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe breaking a bone and not being able to do everything I do because I'm, I'm doing stuff all the time. I really don't like sitting still for very long. And so I cycle to work and I'm obviously picking up a baby and, you know, I have to do all these things with these kids. I'm trying to take them out and do fun things with them. So I wouldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to, you know, ride my bike everywhere. I wouldn't be able to go train. I wouldn't be able to go play. And I would definitely go insane. So, yeah, probably that. That's quite interesting. Uh, do, you, do you think that does that have any effects on your mindset when it goes into approaching a game? Because I've, I've actually fractured my hand playing baseball and I, I broke my foot um, getting out of a boxing ring, which was ridiculous. I stood a medicine ball. And I know what you mean. Like I, I, I don't feel like I ever recovered from breaking my foot. Um, like my fitness just went to, to bits. Does, does that affect your, your mindset at all? I'm not sure about in the long term, probably not, but uh, I guess it, it, in a way it does push me to when I get back, take care of myself better. Uh, when it came to my shoulder, the thing is I'd gotten so weak in, um, in lockdown for a few reasons, but I really lost muscle, you know, a lot. Uh, yeah. I, uh, when I got back to it, I, I went really hard into it. And obviously gyms then opened and I was doing all this weight training after a year of not doing it. So I, I really kind of messed up my shoulder, which it's still kind of messed up, but I have enough um, rock tape and KT tape to kind of keep myself at bay until season's over and then I'll obviously rest. Um, but yeah, there was that. And then I didn't play for maybe two weeks and it had just started. So I was really desperate I was really really desperate and then um I sprained my thumb and I remember when I sprained my thumb I went home and I just burst out crying to my mom I was like mom I'm gonna get so bad from not playing for, for a month um and she hugged me and she was like you're gonna be absolutely fine like it's only four weeks and you'll get back and you know you know what you're doing just imagine you were off for a year and a half and then you got back and you yeah you had to work on some things but you weren't, you know, you were good when you got back and you were even invited to the NBL, like just look at it like that. Um, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it affects me during because I'm really, I'm a really impatient person. So I'm like, oh, I want to get back, I want to get back, I want to get back. Um, but I guess once I get back, 
I'm more appreciative. I'm more appreciative um, and and grateful. And then, yeah, I guess it does kind of make me think about how to take care of myself better and how to be more careful, which is good because next season, next year is when things are going to get um, kind of bigger. You know, there's going to be the the GB uh, tournament. We're, we're going to have the Euros. And uh, I can also kind of organize myself a bit better to, to be... Um, with you know one team the whole season next year and yeah. uh, off season to work on the things that I obviously didn't work on last year um but yeah I don't think in the long term it affects my mindset at all but it's just tough during obviously yeah uh, you, you mentioned something earlier on about it you trying to become more natural like and not try to overthink things I overthink everything right? especially now I'm a parent but like on the baseball field I think I let it get in my head too much I need to become more natural, but I, I still have that added fear of from a former head injury that I had a few years ago that, that changed my life. Um, even stuff like catching a fly ball, like I, I freeze and I panic because of like, I'm like, what if this misses and hits you in the head? How's it going to affect you? Cause I stopped playing ice hockey and doing boxing because of the head injury. And I have that hanging over me quite a lot. And even stuff like some say like at training, a former guest, um, through a pitch and I wasn't quick enough to get out of the way of it and it hit me on the on the elbow like square on the elbow and I was just like baseball means that much to me that I don't want to be injured because I it might be oh you you know you, you'll have to miss like three weeks four weeks for it to get better but that's half a season you know or however long it is you're going to miss four games well it's not just four games it's two games a weekend you're going to miss eight games and it just I just have that dread of of just not being able to 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 play or be around my teammates and stuff, it just freaks me out. And I think mm-hmm. trying to get a better and healthier mindset about approaching the game and attacking the game is something I need to work on. Um, do you have any guilty pleasures? Probably coffee. I definitely drink too much coffee, but um, maybe I don't really feel guilty about it. Maybe. But, um, yeah, maybe let's stick with coffee. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Right. Uh, the last word always goes to the guest. I'm happy with you. you hear the last three questions. You've loaded the bases. Knock it out of the park. Mary Cassell, uh, thank you for being a great guest. The floor is yours. Any any last words or anyone you want to give thanks to? No, I think I've definitely talked enough. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy. Thank you for having me on. This has been really enjoyable. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine. And uh, I'm sure listeners will agree there too. And that's all for me and all for Mariana. And uh, Mariana, I look forward to hearing you on the British Baseball Podcast soon with some interviews of your own. Uh, very excited to uh, to see what you can bring to the table. And please be sure to check out Mariana's work on her website. It's actually what I came across that made me think I need to have Mariana on here as an extra host. So if you, if you ask Mariana uh, approaching you to come on the show, please don't be shy. She's a great person. She's definitely a better interviewer than I am. So uh, the only way is up now for this show. So take care and I'll see you all soon. Thank you. Take care.